Hello, and welcome to the Hogan Cast, a weekly podcast where we discuss a variety of subjects. Each week, we talk about a different topic, from literature to travel and everything in between. Our episodes strive to be both conversational and informational, and our occasional interviews are hopefully entertaining. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the much-delayed fifth episode of the Hogan Cast. First of all, let me apologize for everything taking so long to get to this next episode. Originally, the plan was that it would come out you know, a week after the last episode and that we were going to interview a PhD student. Unfortunately, that did not work out. While we still have that on the agenda for the future, it has been pushed back due to inclement weather and a lot of stuff in this area and just some personal stuff going on as well. I just never got around to doing the fifth episode. But we are back now and we're going to go ahead with this week's episode. And I'm going to talk about the Get Back documentary about the Beatles, the uh, nine-hour documentary about the Beatles, the Let It Be sessions, as they were known before this documentary. Before that, though, I kind of want to talk about what the plans are going forward with the podcast. Obviously, I want this to be a weekly podcast, and that is the goal. Occasionally, something like what happened this week may happen, but normally I want to have an episode out every every week. And I'd also like to kind of change it from where it's just me talking or me and my wife talking to more interviews. And I have some friends and and former colleagues and you know students I had and, and that would like to come on and, and be interviewed. So that's going to be the plan going for the next few weeks is to try to get some interviews lined up and try to get Nancy back in here as well. Um, originally, she was going to join the Beatles uh, podcast episode today, but she has some work to do. And while she does like the Beatles, she did not watch the documentary. So she watched about 20 minutes of it. And then she was like, oh, all they're going to do is, is sit and rehearse and and talk and was like yeah that's the cool thing about the documentary you know but um she wasn't really having it so with that out of the way let's talk a little bit about how I kind of got into the Beatles because I did not grow up a Beatles fan in my house growing up it was more country music Uh, I think my dad kind of liked some of the old soft rock stuff and maybe my mom did once upon a time but what I remember growing up the most is country music my mom and dad had an eight track player my mom would often play Conway Twitty for example dad would listen to uh Willie Nelson but I do also remember as a child, I had a record player and we used to get a lot of records from neighbors. And I think the local bar at that time would give records away. So I listened to like a lot of Motown, a lot of like classic, like 40s era music as well, like um, Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, which is more 50s, 60s, uh, Frank Sinatra. And then like some 70s rock, like Captain and Tennille and, and, you know, Journey and and stuff like that, that kind of was in the jukebox that eventually got taken out. But not much Beatles. Of course, I knew who the Beatles were. I mean, they were iconic. I do recall one point watching uh, Help and Hard Day's Night kind of back to back as a kid. I I just liked the movies at the time. And, uh, you know, the music by that time was uh, in commercials and, and in movies. There was a really corny 1980s love movie called Can't Buy Me Love and uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. They probably used the cover but you know they played Can't Buy Me Love kind of as the title track of the movie. So I was definitely aware of the Beatles but I I wasn't really a fan until I 
joined the Navy. When I was in the Navy in our little electrician shop, uh, we had like one stereo with a CD player. So people would rotate CDs in and out. One of the guys there happened to be a pretty big Beatles fan. So he would play you know, Beatles songs and things like that. And that's kind of how I got into it. And also like in Japan at that time, the Beatles were kind of making a, I won't say a comeback, but they were popular again. It was right around the time that the, the one album, like 27 number one hits of the Beatles came out. And so like, I remember Let It Be was like the number one song in Japan in like 1999 or something like that or 2000. That's kind of how I got into uh, the Beatles because everybody I met, at that time in Japan was was kind of listening to the Beatles because they were popular again there. So with that being said, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Beatles uh, music or their catalog, but I am I do consider myself a fan. If I had to ha- name my favorite band, it would definitely be the Beatles. I had the DVD box set of the anthology. I've been to see Paul McCartney a couple times in concert. Yeah, I, I just really dig the Beatles, and I was really excited to watch this documentary. This documentary is quite different from the anthology obviously the anthology had the let it be sessions in it but this focuses just on those sessions which i'm pretty sure took place over about 21 days and it's a lot more intimate than the let it be movie i've never seen the entire let it be movie but i know the big story there was george saying he was george leaving the band and that they were all going to break up and you see that in the documentary but it's really just the first couple days and then when billy preston kind of shows up like the whole mood changes and you get to see that they're actually still really good friends that they really get along with each other they enjoy each other's company especially john and paul obviously play off of each other very well there are some moments when you know george gets annoyed i think ringo's the most laid back i don't think he got mad the entire the entire documentary other than um about where to play their final concert but it is the final not the final days of the beatles because they would come back and record a whole other album abbey road a lot of the songs that are on Al- abbey road are actually in that documentary but um it is the waning moments of, of the Beatles would be, I think, about another year or so that they stay together. Paul is definitely taking uh, charge in a lot of the recording sessions and stuff like that, much to George's chagrin at some time, at, at some points. But in Paul's defense, he was kind of saying, you know, now that Brian Epstein is no longer here, somebody kind of has to take charge and be the father figure. So one of the most, probably the most important thing that came out of the documentary is that uh, Yoko got a bad rap. It wasn't her that broke up the Beatles. She was just there hanging out. Linda was also there. George brought Patty, which is his wife, eventually became Eric Clapton's wife. And Ringo brought his girlfriend. So Yoko catching all that flack for all those years is, is, is kind of sad, you know. Even I've maybe been guilty of it from time to time to say that Yoko broke up the Beatles. But what was funny is the conversation that Paul was having at one point during the documentary. He said, you know, in 50 years, we're going to say, oh, you know, the Beatles broke up because Yoko sat on an amp. How ridiculous is that? But that's literally, that's exactly what happened is, you know, everybody said Yoko broke up the Beatles for the last 50 years. So it's kind of funny. It's kind of, uh, you know, prophetic in a way. But Yoko didn't break up the Beatles. She had just as much right to be there as, as the other wives and girlfriends. And I know like John brought her in before any of the other ones really brought their wives and girlfriends in. He wanted to be with his girlfriend. The man seemed to be okay with it early on. I mean, I'm sure there was some 
issues, but that should not have broke up the band pretty much. I mentioned Billy Preston coming in and one of the best things about that whole documentary to me is just seeing for the first time like how important Billy Preston's keyboard playing was on that album because you get to hear some of the songs before Billy Preston comes in and then after and like his keyboard solo his keyboard solo like in Get Back for example is just changes the whole song it's just an amazing keyboard solo and I think his presence also like like I said earlier just completely changed the the feeling of the recording studio at the time it was just a really, really cool documentary. And um, if you like the Beatles at all, you should definitely check it out. If if you if you just like a couple songs, kind of like my wife, you may not dig it. But, you know, if you have an interest in the music industry, I really think it's worth checking out. I mean, I loved every minute of it really long. Not as long as the anthology, but pretty long. And, you know, you're just focusing on like three weeks pretty much. I really enjoyed just watching it and and seeing how quick they came up with songs. Like there's a moment where Paul's messing around with a new tune and like within 10 minutes, he has to get back pretty much written out in like 10, 15 minutes. One of the most iconic songs off of that album is written in like 10, 15 minutes. So it's just amazing that they're able to do that. And then like to see that a lot of the takes that ended up on the Let It Be Naked one after, because, you know, Phil Spector obviously messed around with the Let It Be album and, and some of those songs sound pretty different but the takes that they used on the album some of those actually came from like the rooftop concert like i think don't let me down not get back get back was a studio cut but uh don't let me down and something else i think was was uh from the actual rooftop concert which is just crazy that you know you're out there freezing you see the rooftop concert the wind's blowing they're freezing the cops are coming up and everything and one of those performances is what they use for the album cut and that's pretty pretty impressive that they were able to sing that good in those kind of conditions so yeah i mean it's just really nice insight into the the beatles at that time so i talked about earlier that i had seen the anthology before and that i kind of got into the beatles when i was listening to them over overseas in the navy like when my early 20s and so like one of the things that i really love about the beatles and just music in general is how songs can kind of take you back to a moment. Like if I hear maybe, let's say, Strawberry Fields Forever, I have a specific memory associated with that song that I was in this uh, like Japanese shopping mall with somebody I was dating at that time, and that song was playing on the uh, overhead. I think that's really cool that, that music can do that. And I guess all art can do that to a certain extent. So definitely cinema can evoke an emotional response. Poetry, literature... Um, but I think music is maybe like the most common one because not everyone reads poetry and not everyone reads classic literature and not everyone's like a cinemaphile, but everyone has like their kind of music for the most part. People have a, a style of music that they listen to and like their favorite songs and stuff like that. And for me, you know, it was, it is still, I like classic rock a lot. I, I like the Beatles, but I also like that other stuff that I grew up with. Like, I like old country music, outlaw country music, and the Rat Pack. I like Dean Barton. I like, I like Frank Sinatra. I, I try to like, you know, a variety of musical styles. One thing that was cool before there was iTunes or anything like that, being in that shop in the Navy, that the electrician shop, opened me up to, like, so many different artists that I'd never heard before. One of the ones that I'm a really big fan of now that I was kind of introduced to then 
it was, it was Jim Croce, you know, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown and You Don't Mess Around with Jim and all those songs. I, I heard like the parody of Bad, Bad Leroy Brown on ESPN. They did the stupid commercial about it. But uh, I didn't really know who Jim Croce was, but that kind of introduced me, like in that shop, introduced me to Jim Croce, introduced me to Bob Marley, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, I, I knew Fleetwood Mac, but I knew like the 80s Fleetwood Mac. I didn't really know Fleetwood Mac from Rumors and, and you know, they're really, really good stuff. That shop was kind of like my Spotify of, of 2000. There's always somebody playing something different. When I got out of the Navy and I came back, one of the first things I went out and bought was the Beatles anthology on DVD. And that was just a trip, you know, to, to see like their entire career pretty much play out over, I think it's like 15 hours or something like that, or maybe more 20 hours. As far as forms of art go that evoke an emotional response, I think music is probably the main one for most people. I mean, I, I love poetry and I love literature and, and some of that can definitely cause an emotional response. As the, for the general mass, I think music is like the one that is most common for everybody. So just just for my own enjoyment and maybe, you know, to be yelled at, I want to list like my favorite song from each Beatle. Now, I know Lennon and McCartney were like a songwriting team, but I kind of want to songs that are Paul's or John's. You know, those are pretty, pretty obvious, even though they may have worked together on it. So I'm going to go through each Beatle and I'm going to talk about my favorite song of theirs and why that is my particular favorite song. And I can do that because this is my podcast and I can talk about whatever I want. So let's start with Ringo. So with Ringo, I pretty much got two choices and I'm going to choose Octopus's Garden because I actually like Octopus's Garden a lot. It's a really catchy song. Ringo uses his strange vocals to really make the song more catchy, I think. I like to be under the sea you know that kind of thing uh so i really dig octopus's garden and like i said there's there's two songs to choose from so like when it comes to ringo writing songs for the beatles i I have to go with octopus's garden now after the beatles he he did write um it don't come easy and that's a pretty catchy song too within the beatles I, i have to go with octopus's garden now let's move on to george now George did write my least favorite Beatles song that's over a minute. I'm not including like some of those minute clip songs. I'm talking about like full songs like George wrote my least favorite. And I, I know a lot of people like this song, but I really don't like Old Brown Shoe. Like it is my least favorite Beatles song. But George also wrote like a couple of my favorite Beatles songs. And I think like the the most popular Beatles song right now is Here Comes the Sun which is a uh, George song. And I do really love Here Comes the Sun. I don't think it's my favorite George song. I think While My Guitar Gently Weeps is probably my favorite George song. That or something, something's just an amazing love song. And I even like Taxman a lot. I really, I really dig Taxman. Taxman uh, is funny because it's completely true. You know, I remember actually in the anthology, he says that they were taking like 19 out of every 20 quid or whatever it was. I don't know if that's hyperbole or not, but that's what he says in the anthology that's pretty crazy a millionaire still shouldn't have to be paying that much i don't think so george i'm gonna go with uh while my guitar gently weeps closely nudging out something so now let's move on to paul and paul is just a really prolific songwriter in the beatles and even once he got out of the beatles he was still a really prolific songwriter with wings for example and even like his first solo album maybe i'm amazed is is one of my favorite songs and waves with wings like band on the run is a really cool song i like songs that kind of change and that does that and, and so it's live and let die which is one of the best bond theme songs ever 
So Paul's just amazing with John and on his own. And it's really hard to pick like one Paul song from the Beatles that I like the most. You can go for like the really popular ones. Obviously, Hey Jude is a Paul song. When I'm 64, you know, is, is a catchy little funny song. Yesterday is all Paul. He even performed that by himself. And that's one of the most iconic love songs ever. Uh, well, it's not really a love song, I guess. I guess it's just kind of, you know, regretting what has slipped through his fingers. But so there's a lot of Paul songs to choose from. Penny Lane I like a lot because it's kind of like a personal song for him. Just like Strawberry Fields is is for John. So I'm kind of struggling to pick one Paul song because, I mean, there's just so many really good Paul songs. I guess if I had to pick my favorite Paul song, I, I really love Eleanor Rigby. I, I just think it's a really, really cool song. I think it has such a cool narrative structure to it. You know, you're talking about these, these really just lonely, miserable people that lost and forgotten by society and their lives kind of intertwine. I just love the lyrics of the song, like, you know, the narrative storytelling in it. Opening line about Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream. And then, like, when he says, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? Like, I, I think that's just a really cool song. So I really dig Eleanor Rigby. I'm going to say it's my favorite Paul song right now, but I really, I'm not really confident in saying that because, like, there's just so many great Paul songs. And I love getting better, too. Like, I, I love how they kind of, John and Paul play off of each other that, you know, uh, Paul's getting better all the time. And then John says it couldn't get no worse. Of course, you do have Paul singing about how he used to beat his woman at the end of the song. So maybe, maybe I'll just stick with Eleanor Rigby. I'm going with Eleanor Rigby. All right. So now we get to John. John is probably most people's pick when they say, who's your favorite Beatle? Toss up a between Paul and John, but probably lean towards John as well. And just like Paul, there's a lot of really great John Lennon songs in the Beatles and then out of the Beatles. I mean, you have Imagine, you have uh, Instant Karma, Give Peace a Chance. I mean, those are all Lennon songs. So This Is Christmas is a really great song. But if we're talking about in the Beatles, for me, one song, I'm not sure it's my favorite John Lennon song, but one song that I, I just really, really love is Across the Universe. Because like when I first heard it, it was like nothing I ever really heard from the Beatles before or, you know, from any band, you know, it's just like almost like a stream of consciousness. And then he has this mantra, you know, the Jaguru Deva part. And I just think it's such a great song. And it's always it's it's one of my favorite John songs, probably not my number one favorite. I kind of go back and forth because so many John songs, particularly that I like a lot. Happiness is a Warm Gun is just a great song. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, obviously. Glass Onions, great. But I think kind of right now, I'm kind of into Dear Prudence right now. I just, I really love that song. I love that. The sun is up, the sky is blue, it's beautiful, and so are you. Like, I love I love that little catchy lyric there. So I'm going to go with Dear, Dear Prudence and, and Dig a Ponies up there too. And don't let me down because it's on the rooftop. You know that now that I know that, that makes it like a really, really more impressive cut to me that was done out there in the windy London weather that day. Uh, Ringo, Octopus's Garden, George, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Paul, Eleanor Rigby, and John, Dear Prudence. So there we go. Those are the my top songs for each Beatle. And, and next week, they'll probably change. Now that we've kind of talked a lot about the Beatles today, if you were waiting to hear my review of the documentary and you haven't kind of garnered it throughout the rest of the show i think it's just a awesome documentary it's amazing if you're a beatles fan it won't feel like six hours or nine hours wherever it is it'll go by really quick you get to see them 
being friends. The greatest band in the world that accomplished everything before I think any of them turned 30. I think they're like the oldest one at this time is 28 or 29 maybe. I think that's Ringo. I think Ringo's the oldest. And it's the the next to last album. I mean, Let It Be comes out after Abbey Road, but Abbey Road is recorded after Let It Be. Let It Be was just so, they, like I said, they sent it off to Phil Spector and everything. So, But yeah, if you dig the Beatles, it's just a really cool documentary. Now that I've rambled about the Beatles for almost 30 minutes that's really all i had to talk about it may not be interesting to everybody but it's something i wanted to talk about unfortunately i watched the documentary like four weeks ago like right before I, like i planned to after the last episode about teaching abroad i was like okay i'm gonna watch this beatles documentary now i'm gonna do the episode next week you know while it's still fresh in my mind and i haven't had time to rewatch it so there's some fogginess to my memory i had some stuff i wanted to talk about i think i hit all the major topics i'm sure if i had recorded this four weeks ago as was the original plan and this would have been a little bit more filled with moments from the documentary because now they're kind of fuzzy a couple things that i did kind of think were really cool like i didn't know two of us was like one of the songs they wrote before they were big i know it sounded kind of like an earlier song but because it was on let it be i thought it was like a recent song maxwell silverhammer i'm not crazy about but i like two of us a lot one thing i found out about um i forgotten i know it was in the i know it was in the anthology but that mal the guy that's helping them out all the time he actually like got killed by police like year a few years later in california there's a one of those articles that popped up talking about they kind of just lost it and pointed a i think it was a fake gun like a toy gun if i remember right at the police and, and they shot him so that's crazy but just, just seeing them all together and with george martin is just such a cool thing and I, I forget the other producer i know he's super famous and i know that like they didn't use his tracks eventually like i said they sent it to phil Spector. but the producer that was doing all the takes and everything he went on to work with like the stones and everybody i thought he did like a really cool job keeping everybody in line and they're very funny and they're kind of goofing off a lot of the times i think they do one take the entire time thing is of two of us they do a whole take just gritting their teeth through the entire song so i wish i could say for sure what the future plans are for the podcast i mean like what we're doing next week i i will have an episode next week there won't be another four-week hiatus i haven't really planned i'd like to do an interview we have people that i'd like to get on and talk to and just do some episodes like that so you don't have to just listen to my voice for 20 to 30 minutes i'm not sure that's going to work out i have to make plans i'm very bad at making plans but we will be back next week so thanks so much for listening please if you have a chance give us a follow on twitter and instagram the hogan cast at the hogan cast on twitter facebook the hogan cast you can shoot us an email the hogan cast at gmail.com and we are streaming on spotify apple Pretty much anywhere you can find the podcast. And I just want to apologize to my listener after they had to wait 20 days almost for making you wait that long. So sorry, listener. I really appreciate your support. And I'll try not to do that to you again. Really, really thank you for listening every time. So with that being said, I hope you all have a great week. Catch you back here. Same bat time, same bat channel, seven days from now. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.